The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. Yeah, there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes Right now, you have me, the host, Kwame Lasseter. Uh, I don't know what Rich and Ken may be, but they'll probably call in a few. As always, we've got a lot to talk about, but let me not fail to mention the tournament we have in Napa Valley. Don't forget to check on One Accord Foundation. Check the website out. You get all the information there. You can call in for that. Um, got a lot of sports to talk about, a little bit of the aftermath. Of the Lakers Celtics, I don't want to stay on that long because it's over. These guys have visited the White House. They've talked to Obama. They did the pictures, uh, did the greeting, uh, talked a little to Kobe, uh, all good stuff. When they come and to D.C., they ain't coming to D.C. yet. And, and must uh, they've been to D.C. When? They've been there. Uh, you got to stay up on the theme. You got to stay up on the news. Man, I don't pay attention. This is the Lakers. Who pays attention to number 10? Yeah, but, it, you know, it, yeah, but Ken, it's the aftermath after, you know, I get him a look. I give him a little shout-out. They did win. He he just said he'd never make it back to uh, L.A., but... Yeah, I, I, I won't eat crow this time because they did yeah. come through late. Now, we were... we were, I am throughout the game. Me and you and I was. Right. I honestly don't think... I honestly think the Suns were up 10. When Kobe came, like, four minutes and 48 seconds into the fourth... left in the game, Kobe hit that, that three-pointer that was, like, way outside the arc, yeah. I knew right then that the game was over. Yeah, it, it was over when these guys went out. I knew it was over when Rondo hit a three-point to even make it look good. I'm like, he ain't going to want to shoot again and definitely going to miss. But, you know, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. They they did their thing this year. That's back-to-back world champions of the NBA. Uh, Celtics did the best they could. They just didn't have enough for these guys. I heard that Kobe uh, said something slacking the, the, the Shaq after that game. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm I'm done with that Kobe Shaq nonsense because uh, why did he say something? I didn't I didn't catch what he said. I, I you know I well what I read was congratulations to um this was Shaq was saying uh, congratulations to Kobe on his fifth ring. Um, you know he said something else. I think it was more explicit than anything. But you know congratulations. Don't I don't think you should don't say it if you don't mean it. Um, but the guy is the best in the world at this game. Right now, and he's done it with uh, Shaq and Kobe. I think they had to do it together for them to get that those three they did get. Um, Kobe found a way to get it with uh, a young team that uh, that he had with the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, he had just got Casal. I think he just got Bynum, also. But he found a way to pull it off. Uh, that was the year that the Celtics didn't make it. KG was hurt. Uh, he came back and he did it again. And KG and everybody, those guys were playing, and they played the Celtics. So, uh, right. 
you know, congratulations, Kobe. I'm not thinking about all that shit. When you, you know what? Winners talk about winning, losers talk about their losses. So, uh, it's not so much what uh, Shaq said, more than what Kobe did. Now, well, let's let's talk a little bit of this uh, briefly on LeBron. But for, before that, let me say, uh, uh, rest in peace, Manute Bowl. You heard about that, right? Yeah, um, Manute was. Uh, I was had the pleasure of meeting Manute Bowl back in '93. Uh, when he was with the Sixers, I'm not mistaken. It's just like 15 times with the Sixers. Right. And um, he lived up in Maryland, Montgomery County, Maryland. And um, he was a very good friend of well, my boys, Brian. And uh, we used to always go over there. One thing I would say about Manute, if you ever went over Manute's house, you know, anything that was in his refrigerator, anything that was in his house was yours. He always well, you offered know, you everything. Great, one of the greatest guys, um, one of the greatest professional athletes for me to ever meet. Um, who was all about his country, his people, um, and everybody around him, no matter what color creed they were, he always looked out and wanted to do what's best for them. And some people say that was his downfall because he was so giving and, and so generous with his with his self and with his money. Um, I don't think um, that was his downfall. Well, you know, some people say that because of you know, he ended up being broke after, so, after making all so much money. Yeah, being broke, you know, his situation wasn't the best there was. There could he have been a good guys that was that made the millions of dollars that he made. You know what? But he set out to do exactly what he wanted to do. Every money, and uh, when you say he's one of the greatest, I agree with that um, from a standpoint of his off the field stuff. Because a lot of guys do great things on the court, on the football field, on the on the ice, on the diamond. They do great things athletically, but off the field. There's not a lot of minute bowls out there. No, I, no. by that, uh, just what you were saying, uh, his contributions to the world, but it's to his own country. Now, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't never say he's a failure, and I'm not saying you said that because I, was, I agree with you on what the kind of person he was. You don't always have to end up with the millions because you made the millions because he set out. It'd be nice, but he set out to do exactly what he wanted to do was to help every check he made. He sent it back home to help others. And when you say you can go over to his house and eat, that's just on a small scale of what he's doing across the world. Right. So And so now I, I totally agree with you on that as far as who Manute Bowl was as a person. His unfortunately uh, health problems and stuff like that uh, shortened his life. I think he died at, maybe was it 45 years old? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Well, y'all said so life is short for us anyway. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And, you know, like you said, he, he, lived, he lived every day to the fullest. And that's all you can ask from anybody. That's all you can ask from yourself. Live every day to the fullest and give 100% for that day because tomorrow's not granted to you or guaranteed to you. Oh, no, absolutely. And I don't know if his, him being that tall-headed thing to uh, do with it because I don't know the lifespan of somebody at that height. And, and Manute Bowl, what, what was he, about 7'4"? No, Manute, what did Manute Bowl, like 7'7"? Seven, seven, seven? Seven, yeah, well, yeah. Seven four, seven six, seven seven. Seven six, seven seven. Yeah, he was just a pretty tall dude. I mean, right. You know, it's it, it's funny because I'm, I'm picturing this one time at his house. It was in the basement, and uh, he. Is is this still basketball? Huh? It's still a basketball story. Well, yeah. Well, my new ball. Yeah. Okay. And we were hanging out. I think we were watching <laughs> the finals or something. You know, he never was on the team that went to the finals. Oh, I know. Huh? I saw. You like to think with a dominant center that's seven seven, you find a way to make it to the finals. Well, you know, but Manute Bowl wasn't really dominant. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know that pre- – I know. Well, you're right, you're right. You, he wasn't you a dominant right. You know, only time he had any dominance in him was when he played beside – I mean, um, when he played beside Charles, 
in Philly, the first go around. And, you know, he um you know, he was really light, really small, real thin. Uh he just, you know, could block shots, he could stand inside the paint inside the circle and block shots and people have to go around him. Um now I to to make plays. Nowadays I don't think Manu Bowl would have been an asset in the in the NBA because of his lack of size as far as width um and his limited ability. The only thing he could do is block shots. And that, you know what? And that's all he needed to do with it, with the cast he had around. I think with Charles before he had left had left and go come to uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. I mean, all you gotta do is sit in the middle and block, block shot. You're not dominant, and you progress to being a uh, aggressive player after being pushed around for a while. But I think um, if you can play, if you can block the amount of shots he blocked, um, I, I think that's great defense. But you you will have to like to add more because at some point. It becomes that hack-a-shack rule that, uh, you know, all Shaq does play defense. He, he's not a great offensive player. Uh, when it comes down to it, we want to put you at the line. Right. So, all right, well, that's, that's a well, rest in peace, Manute, man. I didn't know um, you knew him like that. Huh? I didn't know you knew him like that. Yeah, it, you know, I, I was, again, like I say, you know, I've been blessed to meet a lot of people in my life, and, you know, it's one of the people that I was blessed to meet. and a Great guy. I mean, I wouldn't. Great. I wouldn't change anything about the guy. Just great guy in and out. Yeah. I got it. And well, he never met a person he didn't like. Feel like that. Yeah. So. And that's a good thing. I, he, I, I take it. I take one of the lines from the movies, uh, Training Day. You know, smiles and cries. Only you right. can control that. Nobody can control that but you, man. Only you can control that. Okay. And uh, and that is key. If you can always smile in those tough times, you you can uh, find a way to make it through the day. But you know everybody don't have to make you cry and ruin your day and change your whole complex of how you wanted to approach your day in the beginning. So if you can control your smiles and cries, man, you good to go. <clears throat> and uh, that's a good deal. No let me ask you, let me ask you this though. So I want I want to stay on top of this LeBron stuff because uh, um, I mean it's right there. Do you think? Um, give me your opinion on. Why teams are not doing as much as these free agent players are doing, and these free agent players are having meetings to build the team together to either get uh, two possible free agents that's out there right now to play on the same team. What is the problem? Isn't this the, uh, the owners or the team's job to bring those free agent guys in? I know the superstars can mediate that, could get those guys and, and say, uh, "Why don't you take a visit here?" I don't, you know, they don't have to always be flying across town. Why don't you take a visit here? and let the owners and the GMs talk to you, the coaches talk to you. They know uh, with, with, another, with a player of your caliber that we have a great chance of going far in the playoffs and possibly winning it. Now, these are the players are doing all these things. Isn't it the uh, team, the owners' job to do this? Well, I, get your I personally, I mean, you know, you hear all day long and you, you hear and you see all day long that, you know, they're talking about, well, if you get this and this person to this, they can win championship, this and this, and they can win championship, this and this. Well, you know, you know, you can take uh, the outline from the Washington Redskins from the 03 Lakers. Um, you can't uh, put, you can take some from the uh, Dallas Mavericks. You can't sit there and, and thank all these players and come together for a year, two years, and win your championship. You know, this isn't the New York Yankees. You know, with Yankees, you've seen the Yankees in the past, you know, spend $250, $300 million in a season just to win a, a championship. 
Baseball is a little you bit easier. Think I think uh, to win a championship than it is in basketball or football because of those reasons. You know, LeBron James, D Wade, Chris Bosh. I don't think Chris Bosh is really a top free agent. I, I don't either, but he's out there and other people do. Right. So you got to you know. I think if anybody, if you're gonna put a top three, it's gonna be Carlos Boozer, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade. To me, that's the top three free agents list. What about uh, Amari Stoudemire? Huh? What about Amari? Um, because he's Amari. Amari. Amari Stoudemire is a good player, great player, good player. Good he player. just has a habit of, you know, he can't stay healthy. Yeah, you know, but he, he, he did have that microfaction. All he does is jump out the gym, and that's different. And maybe, uh, maybe getting hit in the eye you can't control because I think that happened twice. Uh, right. That's gonna happen. That's possibly can happen in basketball. Well, uh, and, but I, know, I think, uh, and then this play, I, I, last, I like the uh, fact that uh, kind of Carlos Boozer's uh, in the mix right there. Well, and this last playoffs, the playoff against the, the, the Lakers, he kind of separated himself a little bit and put himself a little bit higher than what you can say before the playoffs happened. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so you know, Mario took that step because it is free agency. It was time for him to. Cause he's a free agent. He can go out there and and, and garner some money. Now, I honestly believe, for me personally, you know, Mario can go to a team like. The, the Miami Heat and be very successful with Dwayne Wade. I think that works out fine. Cause, uh, you know, and, cause, you know, I just, again, what happens July 1st is going to be crazy. I, th- I honestly believe that LeBron is going to stay in Cleveland because no matter where he goes, he has a better chance of winning a championship in Cleveland than he does any other city, any other city who can pay him the money he wants, with yeah, the exception uh, of maybe Miami. But LeBron James and Dwayne Wade going to the same team, I don't see that happening. It can't be. It cannot be about um, um, the extra. I mean, it has to be somewhat more about the uh, championship. It has to be all about the championship, actually. But it can't be all about the money because LeBron will make that money wherever he goes because he's that type of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why when you, when you mention a player like uh, Mario Stoudemire going to Miami, I think that works out well. I don't think LeBron has to go anywhere but in Cleveland. If he goes to Cleveland, I think they're still two years away from a championship. If he goes to Chicago, I think it's an instant championship. Chicago if he goes to Chicago, an instant championship? Instant. He already, he already has the role players in play. And they and they not, other than um, Rose, uh, the rest of them are role players to Rose. So if he comes there, he got a guy, he got a, a legitimate point guard that can score. But can he, can LeBron let Derrick Rose run the game for him? I don't think LeBron can do that. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron not to that point where Kobe is. I remember one time at point when Kobe, you know, he had to touch the rock, always had to bring the ball up, had to touch the rock no matter who the point guard was. Right. Now, I don't think LeBron will be able to let Derrick Rose run the offense and then let the ball go through to him. I think LeBron James wants to run the offense. That's the reason why, you know, Mo Williams and uh, what's my dude from here from D.C.? Uh, what's, what's LeBron's father-in-law name? His father-in-law? Monte West. Oh, okay. Uh, that's the reason why they didn't make it past the second, third round because I don't think LeBron is was is able to let these point guards run the offense and let them bring the offense to him. He wants to have the say so and what goes on. Yeah, but you know what? Mature. If he if he's mature the way uh, he's been maturing in the past, I think LeBron wants to win a championship more than anything. I would look, think LeBron wants to be compared with the. Um, Dwayne Wade, who has a championship, and Kobe Brown, who has five. Uh, you can make all the money in the world that you want to, and you have that um, capability. 
and your and your arena you're in. But if you never get a ring, then you can never sit and have the same conversations. There's certain conversations you can't have with those guys. And you well, watch the uh, Charles Poetry, I don't think. I mean, you can have okay. the same. You can have a championship conversation. You really can't have a championship as far as having a ring with Carl Malone and and and, and um, Charles Barkley. But as far as you know, impactful players in the National Basketball Association, there are no two other impactful players without a championship than those two, who talk okay. who are talked about on a daily basis, pretty much. Carl Malone cannot have stars. a uh, Carl Malone cannot have a Carl Malone can't even have a championship conversation with Kobe Bryant, and not and especially in the era he played in with Michael Jordan. I don't see where that conversation going to go. Jordan has six. Carl Malone was one of the he taking nothing away from Carl Malone. He was. One of the best in the game when he played, and he played in the same. All those guys played in the same era. He was the best. Him and uh, John Stockton to pick and roll. You knew they was going to do it, but you couldn't stop it. But they don't have any rings. No, well, they got they got pushed out of one ring. When I get um <laughs> pushed out of one ring, when that when you sign up for you know to play a certain sport, anything. The pinnacle is the championship. The championship is the ring trophy. Even ever since Little League, you wanted the you want the trophy. Yeah, you want to get that belt. We call it. I mean, my buddies call it belts. Yeah, you can't. The guy who don't get it can't talk to you about how about you winning it, about you having it. He can't do that. So the conversation changes a bit. I mean, not to say Carl Malone and those guys who uh, don't have rings didn't play at a championship level, didn't play at a uh, um, that type of level to win a ring, but the conversation stops right there. It does, but you also understand too. Those two players, you know, they're synonymous to one person. One person beat them for both their championships, right? And that was Michael Jordan, right? But they you know, didn't have so, a way to know, get over there, huh? Yeah, you got to find a way to get over the hump. When you have a team like they have, they was always there. Uh, the Utah Jazz was always right there. But just like Jordan had to get over the hump of beating Detroit, Detroit to uh, beat Detroit. Detroit was. Physical with Michael with uh, Michael Jordan when he came in the league, he couldn't get over that hump. Once he beat them, he was beating everybody in the league, and that's the same with the uh, the Lakers. You know, Lakers and uh, Boston used to battle that thing out. The Lakers in Detroit, you remember these in in eighty eighty seven, eighty nine, ninety one when it was the Bad Boys. They come in and intimidate you mm-hmm. on that alone, and you already down five ten points. Right. So that, that that was just it. I mean, you know, getting those rings. I don't. I can't see LeBron instantly getting the ring unless he went to Chicago. I think if he stayed in um, one of those guys, the free agent guys, if he stayed in Cleveland, one of those free agent guys have to come to Cleveland with him. I uh, see. I honestly believe, you know, that you know, honestly believe that if LeBron stays in Cleveland, that Carlos Boozer will go back. And with Varejao Boozer, um, if Shaquille's still there. I don't think Shaquille's going to be there. He brings six extra fouls. Yeah, well, he got fouls to give. They got room. Um, now, Shaquille has humbled himself to get these rings. He, I think his whole thing is to get more rings than Kobe, which he's already behind on that. But if he humbled himself and come on and say, you know, you are now a role player, which he's been for the past three or four years, uh, if they bring Boozer back, the Cleveland Cavaliers – with LeBron James, uh, who they have the center, Volacek, Varejao, and um, Varejao. and um, yeah, what's the other dude's name? The other yeah. center, you can't place his name off top of my head right now. It's right there too. 
Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, if he can come in there with six fouls again, I think he's going to be fine. I think they that may be an instant championship in Cleveland. But uh, other than that, I can't see where he will win and be a, be a factor. He's just going to take Cleveland team to wherever he goes as a free agent. But Chicago is a perfect fit because I do, I really believe that uh, uh, Rose can run the point, um, take a lot of pressure off of LeBron bringing the ball up and down the court and always having the ball. You know what? Something has been been flying around on ESPN all morning since last night is the fact that, quote unquote, people out there saying that New Orleans wants to trade Chris Paul. No, I think it was. Was it that, or was it more so uh, Chris Paul and um, LeBron playing together? If they trade Chris Paul, that's just trade them where? They some people saying Memphis for OJ Mayo. Uh, A couple of teams have called New Orleans for them for him. Um, that's the true point guard. Now, that's the point guard that I can see um, playing, you know, with the dominant two, dominant three, um, with the Dwayne Wade, with the um, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Carlos Boozer, and putting him in a position to make it deep into the playoffs and getting to the championship game or the championship series or um, the conference championship series or the, the NBA championship series. What happened if they all played together and understood the common goal? Yeah, they. Well, that, that's just an avenue they can explore. It's that time of the year, right? The season over, NBA is over right now. It's that time of the year. Plus, we had the, uh, we've already had the uh, draft. No draft uh, with John. Season. John Wall getting going to the first round. The draft is uh, this Thursday. Yeah, but the lottery. The lo- yeah, the lottery. Yeah, which we had, we again, had the I disagree draft. with that. Yeah, you don't like the lottery. I don't. I'm a you know I'm a Wizards fan. Everybody knows who listens to the show knows that I love my Wizards. I just don't understand, you know, there's other we there's other we don't need a dominant point guard, a young point guard like like him. We need players. You know, uh-huh. if we keep if we're gonna keep Gilbert over there, we need to bring in a dominant one veteran one guard. Somebody, you know, like a Devin Harris out of Jersey. Take that number one pick, trade it away, get you a couple of veterans and drop drop down two, three, four spots and you still get your quality two man, three man. But did you bring in a quality veteran, number one man? You know, Flip Saunders is the head coach. Flip knows what he's doing. You know, he was synonymous with the, those Minnesota, those early Minnesota teams in the mid-'90s and early 2000s that were always, you know, constantly in the playoffs, constantly, you know, 50-plus win season with, K, with KG, you know, Sam Cassell on the ground down the line, you know, Charles Sprewell on the ground down the line with these guys. Um, I think that the simple fact of trading number one pick away, getting – three or four guys for that number one pick would better serve the Washington Wizards than holding out, get the number one point guard. But, yeah, we have a two guard and Gilbert a point guard, but we ain't got a three, four, and a five. That just right. I was going to say, John Wall and Gilbert Arenas uh, back there together, you, if you're looking for a um, – you could have got Derek Favors out of Georgia Tech. Um, he, would, he came out as a freshman, right? Yeah. After his freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he was mm, – I'm not sure about that I just one feel right that there. LeBron, I mean, I just feel that – John Wall, great. No matter how great he he was in college, I think he's too young to be put in this situation where the Wizards are now. Because if we bring, you, we just we just get the number one pick, we're putting ourselves out of the playoffs on playoffs contention for the next three to four years. So as a GM, you you take that number one pick, you trade down, you try to get two picks. I think you can make a lot of uh, uh, great picks in that second round. I get two picks. I get two first round picks, and right. I get them to trade me somebody. 
Yeah, and then and the guy from Baylor, what was the the guy? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ekpe uh, Udo. Uh-huh. Uh He was yeah Baylor, the uh, power forward. I thought right. that would have been a great pick for uh, Washington Wizards if they were took number one. But a lot right. of I, I think it's like I, getting, they I like really to get Devin there. Harris. That's my thing. I, I like Devin Harris when he was at, when he came in the league with the Dallas Mavericks. What he's done in jerseys from Jersey. by himself. To me, he's, just a, he's more of a veteran right now. Huh? Devin Harris in Jersey right now. You yeah, trade trade for trade, him. Trade that number one because we know Harris in the Jersey wants John Wall, right? And they said that at the beginning of season, so earlier, the uh, beginning of when uh, when college basketball season is over with. Trade him, get Devin, say we'll trade the number one pick for Devin Harris and your number three pick, and get a second round pick. And you got right, your yeah. number one pick. We got John Wall. We got. We got Devin Harris plus a number one, like a favors, and we get a, another second round pick. What more can you ask for? That's four picks. Yeah, I think a lot of teams. If you um, go by the uh, uh, let's let's move this over to the NFL. But if you go by this to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers way, they get a lot of great players uh, to develop in the two three years in the late rounds, mm-hmm. four fifth six rounds. Uh, but you always have you always have a veteran team in place where you can buy yourself some time so these guys can de- develop. But then that goes a whole lot with, uh, you mentioned the coaching staff, that goes a whole lot with the staff being around those guys and um, being able to mature them a lot faster and know what's expected. You get the right guys in there for, the, for your team, um, not, those, not just, a, let's say, John Wall. You don't draft a John Wall because he's the number one guy out there unless you're going to draft him to trade him. But he may not fit your team. His athletic ability is the one thing, but his character is another one. I'm not saying this about John Wall. But just in general, right? So, and it's more of a Pittsburgh Steelers um, format and getting and getting that championship team that's able to compete two or three years down the road at a high level, possibly winning the uh, NBA championship or the uh, uh, Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you, so you're not a fan of this lottery pick? Not really. I'm not a fan of them having them. I'm a fan that we have the number one pick. Great. Whoop you do. Let's use that number one pick and let's. Trade down and get more out, yeah. get more for our bang for our buck. Okay. I mean, you know, you're gonna keep. You got. You're not getting rid of Gilbert Arenas. We all know that. It all came down. Uh-huh. That ain't happening. All right. You got. You don't have really have anything else on the team. After you know, Gilbert Arenas, away. Um, J- Jameson, Karan Butler. You know, you trade these guys away, and now you don't have anything but but Gilbert Arenas, and you're taking them more pick and spend on one person. Who do you think any other free agents want to come to Washington? No, no. They want to do a whole lot. They want to do a whole lot of things. Years here. Yeah, they want to do a whole lot to to build that team up to a competitive level. Right. So my thing is trade away number one pick. You get the third pick or the fourth pick or even the fifth pick. You know, you get you two or three more players out of that, and now you put yourself in a situation to be successful sooner than later. Right. All right. Well, we'll see how they go down. Let me read you. Let me read you something right now. I'm gonna read you something when we get back. You know what we can do? We come back and we do a coach's corner real quick. But then I want to get into uh, a professional potential Hall of Fame player's son. How he's acting up in school. This is the Quamalas of the Sports. Sometimes Rich Show with Ken from the ATL. We'll be back in two minutes. We'll be right back. 
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready for a fresh, candid, and entertaining look at sports? It's time for a radio show that doesn't tackle sports like everyone else. Join former NFL player Nick Murphy for Murphy's Law. Hear it directly from your favorite pro and collegiate athletes, coaches, and media personalities as they dissect what's going on in the world of sports. It's sports, entertainment, and fun, and it's all part of Murphy's Law. Tune in Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's Hot Topics. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports hey welcome back to the sports sometimes rich show uh we were talking about a little bit of coach wooden wasn't a huge fan of uh, the lottery pick, the lottery draft. Maybe it's the pick or maybe it's the draft itself. Talk a little NBA. But I want to read. We won't come back with the coach's corner, but and then I'm going to read you something. And, Coach, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, so what's, what's in your corner today? Uh, we're just going to sit here and chit-chat about the, You know, everybody knows the Arena Football League came back this year uh, out of one-year hiatus. It took a year off because of uh, the economy and how it affects not only them but the cities that they're involved in. Uh, they come back this year. They brought back three new teams this year, three veteran teams, the um, Philadelphia Soul, who actually won the last championship, 2008, um, that was owned by John Bon Jovi. But now um, John Bon Jovi is stepping away from it. But Ron Borski, NFL veteran, Hall of Famer, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, will be part of it. The San Jose Sabercats, which is the staple of the national, I mean, the Arena Football League, they I think they're five-time champions. Um, and also come back as also the Kansas City Brigade, um, which is a two-year-old team that is going to be headed up by Kevin Porter, ex-NFL um, veteran um, cornerback for the San, um, Kansas City Chiefs. So just want to you know everybody who's love football and excited about football, those three cities are coming back next year to a total, I think, of 17 or 18-team 18 18 league. 
they're trying to get it back to 20 next season. So um, be ready to uh, to hear some other announcements coming soon. Let me, let me ask you a question. It sounds like I heard a lot of static. Dion, Dion Singleton. I don't know. I hear a lot of static. I don't know if you hear the same thing. Yeah, I, but, see, I, see, I hear it too. Okay. Let yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> Let me ask you this, Coach. Did, yeah. did they come back as Arena One, or they came all of them came back as Arena Two? Well, I know, I know what, what they did this? for. Uh, they did for for a lot of uh, financial reasons, and Arena well, came back. They took a year off. Uh, yeah, the one reason right. they took a year off was um, because they had a messed up workers' comp situation. Was one of the reasons. You had players getting paid workers' comp from other teams, and were still playing but getting paid because they all went on the same court. Um, finance and then salaries were enormous. We have people in the arena ball getting paid a hundred some thousand dollars for playing hundred and some thousand dollars. Who? Yes, Aaron Garcia. Some of the quarterbacks, Aaron Garcia, Clint Dozell, Cedric Bonner. These guys were getting paid bukus of money. Well, well isn't um, these guys the ones that uh, made the lead with the world? Because Cedric Bonner won a couple of arena football championships. Yeah, he and won, he a, played, he won he a couple championships. You know, Clint Dozell never won a championship. Actually, Clint Dozell won one championship in Grand Rapids. And Aaron Garcia, um, I think, won one championship. But, again, it's the point of, you know, they helped get the league where it was. What made the league where it was was the other players, you know, the two-way, the Ironmen. Quarterbacks have a lot to do with it, yes. They throw 70, 80 touchdowns a year, whatever the situation may be. But without the receivers, the two-way guys like Damon Harrell, um, these guys were the guys who were, you know, integral parts of the team. you got to go two both ways. A lot of people can't go both ways in, in, the, in the football game. You do it in high school, but you can't. it's hard to do it professionally. But overall aspect of it, they're coming back. They came back this year with very successful years. Some Arena 2 teams that were big market Arena 2 teams, they stepped up to, arena, to the actual Arena Football 1, um, like the Tulsa's, uh, which I was a coach. But I was part of that team in 04. Right. Uh, the Shreveport, the, the Bolger Shreveport um, Battle Wings, the Tennessee um, Vipers. There's Alabama Vipers, they call now. Okay. Uh, some teams stepped up to that bigger league. The simple fact, because they want to be able to make more money. And, okay. Um, so now it's all about getting these old teams back in with these new teams and reforming just the Arena 1 and keeping it to where it's, it's financially liable for the owners, and, but yet you're still giving men and individuals an opportunity to follow a dream that they had. So financially, does it uh is most of it predicated on TV money? Because I know once they start showing arena football on TV, that the numbers got real big. The, the sport was already, you know, it's it's certain people who like football and like hockey. So when they go watch arena football game, they're giving the best of both worlds. And I, well, yeah, I know, you know once what? they put it's and and once they put the uh, television money into it, the game got a lot better. Well, the we game some... had more exposure, obviously. Right. Well. Unfortunately, the first two years when the, when the game, when the team, when the league was on NBC, right. NBC didn't pay the league for the for the rights. That was not. It was because they were doing the league a favor. They just, you know, we'll come, we'll we'll put your league out there, but we're not paying you to, to have to show your team, show your 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 games. So, so it was a, it wasn't a win win situation. It wasn't a win win for the Arena Football League, no. But again, yeah. when you're when you're when you're trying to get your product out there. You'll take any way you can get it out there. Well, you know? I don't think that's a bad way. I mean, you're not making the money, but the sport is, um, you know, people do go to those uh, games. I've been to one of the stadiums of Pack. Um, but if you can get it nationally, you can get it 
the show all across the country, uh, you get more people involved. You when you get them in those arenas, then you start making more money. I, I don't I don't personally see that as a bad marketing tool. Uh, you 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 know let us show your games on TV, but we're not paying you. But right. as far as arena, I think that's a win for the arena league because they get that they get that exposure. They get that TV time. They get those Saturday games on TV. They get a uh, ESPN too. I, I didn't see that much. Well, right now, they're on, right now, the, right now, the Arena Football League is on NFL Network. NFL Friday Network. Friday nights at eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't think everybody gets the NFL Network. Um, no, they I'm don't. Not sure. You have to Rockets have. Certain... Don't get NFL Network. Right. So there, you ha- there you have it. Is what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You may be on TV, but you still may not get that exposure because everybody doesn't have the NFL Network. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't have ESPN. Right, exactly. So, all right. Yeah, that was my, that was my pretty much. Cause I'm happy it's back and see some of the news coming, new, new, new teams coming in. Um, it's, a, it's a good situation. It's for that those people who don't have major football, major league sports in their towns or in their areas, they're able to, to have something they can call their own. Well, I, I like I like it because, like you said, it gives people. Uh, I know some guys who just don't want to quit football, just don't want to give it up. But it gives them the avenue. So everybody can't play in the right. National Football League. Everybody can't play in, um, you know, the, it's the, the Football League. Where is the one in Vegas? The FL, the XFL. Yeah, the old XFL team. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, there's different leagues. We had the World League. Guys were over there because I thought it was, you know, it's, I thought it still gave guys a chance. Uh, you might not have been ready to play right away, but you were still able to play football and, and hone your skills up until you come to the NFL. Because a lot of the NFL teams sent guys to the World League. Sit them out there. They was, um, they was a uh, every on every team they were on. Uh, NFL team sent them out there. It was probably only one or two percent of those guys who you know was out there trying out, or some guys who was from that country that wanted to play and was able to get a shot at doing that. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, well, that's a good deal, man. I think it's just the avenues. Keep the avenues open because uh, it's, it's a lot of guys out there still dreaming. And well, you know, not, not just that, though, Kwame. You also have, you know, the UFL, which is, is expanded to the four more new teams this year. That, that's uh, what I was uh, uh, trying to mention, the UFL. That's the one um, Coach Foster was the team in Vegas, head coach in Vegas, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Denny Green being the guy in the, the one up in um, Northern California. We actually, uh, we briefly talked about that last week, uh, about um, the quarterback, uh, Dante Culpepper, going to play for Denny Green again in the UFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and we, I think it is the uh, what was it, Tigers or the something, some team he's uh, coaching out there. But you know, it, it gives a guy who may possibly get back in the league as long as he's playing football. And then you know, down in the playoff time, close to the end of the season, when quarterbacks get hurt, go down. You still can go reach one of those guys who already played at that level, who can come back and give you uh, two or three games until your starter able to come back, who knows the system. Most definitely. Yeah. But it, a lot of these common sense. They try to play in this rail league during this time of the season and go right into the UFL, and then they get they make a nice money. Number one and number two, you know, they're playing for a long period of time. They're playing from March to say November, so it's a long time to be playing football. Well, let me ask you this: When are you gonna get back into that uh, that world? Because well, I know I'm you've been, process, I know you've been you know, as they're as they're expanding. You know, my dreams and my aspirations are expanding also. So. You know, I'm still talking to a few people about the new stuff coming in. Pretty much wait till this season's over with, and then um, during the off season, September, October, you know, try to put myself in position to to get in to one of these teams, either as a D coordinator or a special teams coordinator or you know, position group coach. So right. I'm in the I know you've been, know you've been active, though. I do. I know uh, that you've been active. I know you've been active. You've been coaching. Um, 
uh, like you said, more teams are coming to the league. Uh, I just want to know when, um, you know, because you had a job. We talked before that you had a few job offers, but the numbers weren't right. And it's kind of like um, you can come coach, but we can't pay you what you worth. Right. I, mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if you can take somebody away from their surroundings and not that like that, and, and not pay them anything. But you got to put in coaching is a lot of work. You put in a lot of jobs. You know that. You again, you've been the coach. Uh, uh, yeah, we actually coach. thing about coaching. Team. One thing about it is you know. These, a lot of these teams, you know, financially they just don't have it. Number one is a lot of teams, new teams that come in with new owners, new people, don't understand and don't know a whole lot about the arena game, the indoor game. And the indoor game and the, national football, and the outdoor game, they're two different beasts. You can't go and hire Joe Blow off the street to come in and run your organization, understand um, how to market your organization, how to get ticket sales, how to talk to, to potential um, partners. Um, I don't use the word sponsor. I use the word partner simplify because it seems more professional, and people like to understand, like, like the word partner more so than sponsor. Sponsor means give me your money. Partner means let me hold your money, and you get something in return. Um, that's that's like, how uh, I think about that. Huh? Sponsors are more of a... Give me your money, and then whatever you get, you get. A partner is a loan me your money, and you'll get, and this is what you'll get in return, and you'll see your return. It may not be financial. I mean, that way at least you know you feel like you're getting something back. It's, Isn't that if I go to Kwame Lassiter and say, Kwame, would you sponsor me? You know, you'd probably say, okay. Well, if I come in and say, hey, Kwame, would you partner up with me? You feel Now you feel like you take ownership in whatever it is I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I'm partnering up, but yeah. Uh, or invest, or investing. I think well, I, I see your point. No, I see your point, but partnership and uh, partner up with me or invest in me, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's along those same lines. Because if I'm investing right. you, I want, I want to keep on following you. I want to know what's going on. Right. And so the, a lot of times these teams come in, they hire the people who don't really know the indoor game or how to, or what the indoor game is all about, and they go in there and they end up losing, been, you know, going dormant two years later because they start off wrong. Didn't start, they don't, they, when you don't start off in a position or start off working to put yourself in a position to be successful, you never, ever... Uh, Get out of that funk. So it's it a long politics. time, and then a lot of people don't have the money or the resources to get themselves out of that funk. Is that part of the uh, politics of the Arena Football League? Yes, Not to it mention is. That you know, in, TV in any, in any league, is a lot of politics, and that's part of it. It's all about who you know. And a lot of these owners will come in and they'll want to hire local salespeople within their cities, and the salespeople grant they can sell a product, but they really don't know how to engineer a deal. So where the team is. Is giving more than what the sponsor or the partner is giving. Yeah, um, it's just you know it's a lot of work, and you got to understand and do due diligence. And you know, my thinking is, if you're going to be a part of any organization in the Arena Football League, you must go to a, an existing organization for three weeks to a month, hang out and 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 mirror those people and learn the, intric- the intricacies of that organization, so they can help you be successful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you want to, you want to do it right. You got to go out there and be around the right people. Well, all right. Well, we we stay on top of that. See what this arena football stuff go. I know you're gonna be on top of it. So Most it might be my, uh my game. Yeah, it might be on one of your corners, man. Don't forget, man. I got this suicide football stuff coming up. I got to. I help you today. I seen you that information on that. So okay. we'll keep that out here on the um on the uh, web page, Sports America Sports web page, on KwameLasterSports.com web page. I'll send that out. Um. Suicide Sports coming up. 
I, I got in with those guys with uh, Butts and Butts out of Philadelphia, so mm-hmm. it, it should be fun, man. It's, it's suicide as far as you can't use. You might have played this game before, but you can't use. I think you can only use a player once, maybe two every three weeks, once for three weeks to the season. I'll give you the information on that, but keep on looking okay. out for that. Uh, well, let me read this to you uh, on Associate Press coming out of Columbus, Ohio. Receiver Deron Carter has left Ohio State and enrolled in the community college in Kansas. Carter is the son of former Ohio State NFL star Chris Carter. He has academic problems and was declared ineligible for the Rose Bowl when semester grades were released in December. Coach Jim Trestle announces his departure on Monday. Carter caught 13 passes for 136 yards as a freshman last season. He's enrolled in Coffeyville, that's in Kansas, community college. How is this possible right here? How how is this possible? Is there a mirror in front of you? He's a receiver at Ohio State. They put out receivers. Who is his daddy? Put out, his daddy is Chris Carter. He went to Ohio State. Alumni. He went and he went to Ohio State. That's why I want to ask you: How is that possible, man? You you gotta you you gotta follow. Maybe he and his son are not as close as they uh, they should be. Because how do you let your son get into uh, eligibility problems at the at the school you went to, and where he has a great opportunity to accomplish everything he needs to accomplish or want to? You know, I just think that, you know, like, again, he, if he has the same mentality that his dad has, you know, you played against his father. Yeah, you know, his, his dad was. Well, you know how Chris Carter is. Yeah. You know, Chris Carter was not one of the most favorite uh, opponents of any any defensive back in the National Football League when he was playing. Coach. Not because of what he did, just the attitude and thought, kind of cockiness that he, he portrays, he oozes out of his skin. Well, Chris Carter is a um – He's two people, and in time you get two people, you confuse who one you have to be around somebody else, and that, that's the only part. I, I thought Chris Carter had the best NFL hands in the league for a long time. I thought he could catch the ball with two fingers uh, if you threw it hard as you could at him. I thought um, you know he made that team better in Minnesota, but what I didn't like about him is you know in the media and TV and around certain people he's. He's one thing, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. Get on the field, totally different person. Now, you do have to be able to change who you are on the field because now and this is your job, this is your business, but no drastic changes where you say you don't cuss or you don't do all that. Now on the field you're cussing and you're not, you're not the same guy. That's right. the only problem I had with him. Hypocrisy. How embarrassing it is for my son to go to the University of Kansas and he uh, flunks out. Well, that, I mean, that, I, mean. State, well I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying, but let's just look back, not just that, look at it as a fact of he figured he's Chris Carter's son. Chris Carter went to Ohio State. He went to Ohio State. He's got, he, he must be grandfathered in some kind of, um, some kind of you know, extra privileges. You know, you take it as Texas Tech. Let's go with you know, Craig James. Craig James, part of the Pony Express, one of the best duos ever playing in NCAA. Him and, and, and Eric Dickerson was at SMU was no joke. I remember watching them. I know you remember watching them. Right. And, and back in the day, everybody wanted to go to a- SMU because of them too. You know what I mean? Right. And um, and you know his father, his Craig James's son, is the one that you know Mike Leach. Whatever happened between them and Mike Leach happened, and he ended up getting Mike help help uh, getting Mike Leach fired. Granted, Mike Leach got himself fired, but 
the incidents that, that that surrounded Craig James's son was the reason that he got fired. See, I don't have a problem with you. I don't have a problem. Uh, Richard Britt played at the uh, University of Michigan. Uh, you you helping your son get into the University of Michigan. At right. some point, he has to start making it on his own esteem. Um, because then and down down in life, he's never going to be able to do anything on his own. He's never going to be able to, uh, once he gets into buying, he's not going to know what a buying was. He's going to expect, he's going to look around and say, where are those people who have been helping me all my life? So he's never going to know how to handle an adverse situation. So it's embarrassing for, you know, for Chris Carter to be who he is and, and go to the, be alumni of the, the Ohio State, as they say, and uh, his son flunks out. It, it didn't have to get to that point. Because he could have been checking on those. He can, Chris Carter could go up there and talk to those professors and say, if it's not a problem. Because you can email your grades out. You can check those grades before they get that bad. Now, right. what is he doing in school where he's flunking out? Where, what, where's the parties? Where the parties go? You're in school for only two or three things. That's go to school, get your education, get your degree. Football. Party when you can party. Now, right. I've been yeah. through it. I used to go to Ohio State all the time up that way to do um, some uh, Leukemia Society found charity board. Um, it's not all that. It's, it's not all that at all. They do. They no, do. A, they have a great football program. But I've been to the parties out there. It's, it's a regular party. These guys well, get lost. Yeah, you understand? It's all about. It's all about. You know, apples don't fall far from a tree. Because he was like that. You're right. Because he got kicked out of Philadelphia. Right. He, he so, got you know, Philadelphia before he went to Minnesota. Right. So, you know, all this, at, you know, when he was at at home fussing about Randy Moss, fussing about Dante Culpepper, fussing about Denny Green, fussing about the Minnesota Vikings, this kid heard all that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now he's just voicing his, not, not doing what he needs to do, you know, and voicing his opinion while he's at Ohio State, which his opinion really doesn't mean anything because, yeah, you came in, you helped out again a little bit last year as a freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, you was expected to, to be part of very integral part of that offense this year, but now you go you going to Coffeeville. Man, he going to Coffeeville. He going to Coffeeville where they pass the ball because Coffeeville is one of those schools that pass. Well, you know that they pass yeah. the ball in that league. So yeah. if he can't be at the uh, the Ohio State, he he goes to a team where he's probably going to get a lot of catches, a lot of balls. But it never had to come back to that. So what he did is taking a step back. Sometimes you need you may need to take a step back to realize how to when Maybe. you move back forward how to stay there. Maybe that's what he should have did at first, went through JUCO for a year or two, got acclimated to the college situation mm-hmm. and the responsibilities that you have as a, as a, cause as a player and as an athlete. That's not, a bad, that's not a bad route to go. If, uh, if you're no, not no, you highly did recruited. I did it. Yeah, but, you know, it's not, if you're not highly recruited, that's not a bad way to go. No, it's not. Charlie Garner did it. Yeah. You know, yeah, a lot, players, there's a lot of guys. A lot of us do, did that. Yeah. Take, the, take those routes. But that's too bad. So I, I don't even want to put too much time on his. Uh, that's just ignorant to me. But um, let me get a shout out to uh, my Diamondbacks beat the Yankees. They my well, Diamondbacks. The Yankees. Now. Well, you know they my Diamondbacks when they win. Oh yeah, but when they don't win, they 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 Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm like they the Arizona Diamondbacks when they. <laughs> 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 they the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ninety uh, percent of the season. They might die max when they win. Plus, that was a good win for them. These guys started off on fire, man. They beat the Yankees like what was it, ten, ooh, ten four, something like that. Yeah, they started off first five runs in the first period, first first inning. Came out seven so. runs in the first two innings. But I, I, you know, I think they got a three game uh, 
stint out here. The Yankees do. My Nats just dropped it was, it was, their seven-game losing streak last night against the Kansas City Royals. 10-4, Diamondbacks 10, Yankees 4. Congratulations to those guys. They came out on fire. Now, you mm-hmm. were saying who? Who had what? Well, we just played. We just dropped our uh, seven-game losing streak last night against the Kansas City Royals and Washington Nationals. I thought Strasburg was on fire. Uh, Strasburg, oh, Strasburg should have lost a game. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. No. That's, that's good for That's good for uh, the team because I, I think in two years, the Washington Nationals should have a team that competing against everybody. If they not, you know what? Team. We're not a bad team. We're you know we're six games under five hundred right now because we lost six games in a row. Right. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, yeah, we're, we're much better than we were last year. Um, you know, it was only 60, 70 games into the season. So I think that, you know, we'll be 10 times better coming, you know, toward the end of the season, going into next year. And it'll just be uh-huh. a, a win-win situation for us. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll watch out for that though, man. You, did you hear about the, uh, Steve Smith? Yes, I heard about Steve Smith losing, a lot of breaking his arm in a flag football game. It was a flag football for the charity, though. You know, he was right. He was doing his charity. Well, they said it was for charity, and then again, I hear he was playing in a competitive lead of flag football, something we do now. See, he don't right. have any business doing it. This is the truth. Uh, receiver Steve Smith would miss the start of the training camp with a broken left forearm, suffered while playing football, flag football. Smith was injured Sunday while playing a flag football game. The next could be violated in terms of a contract. I don't think they're going to do all that. Cause he, no, this I don't think same, so. Um, this is the same form think, that he's broken. I don't think it's a it's it's a big deal of what they're making it out. It's just, it's just news to be news. I don't think they're, it's a big deal for them to make it out of. But um, you know what? Here's, here's, here's what a big deal is. He, his quarterback, Josh McCown, um, they did draft uh, Jimmy Clausen, right? Yep. Anyway, no, he's got not Matt Moore. Actually, it's uh, Jimmy Clausen and Matt Moore over there. Right. So he, that's the problem. He, Steve Smith is the guy over there. That's the guy when a big play, you want to get him the ball outside of their running game. But if they have no chemistry, then that's – you can't set yourself back three games, man. Well, you know, I'm looking at it like this. He broke his forearm. They put a little plate in there. He'll still be able to get the right. The, he'll still be able to be in training camp. Still running route, routes. He just won't have, have no. Be able to have no contact. Right, right, right. He can still go out there and run routes. He, he well, I tell you what. I tell you what, coach. Let's let's stay on top of that. And that, and I do want to talk about that and the chemistry of what's going on in the league because the football season is about to start. So we'll come back, man. We we're gonna we're gonna close this out. I'm a sports, sometimes rich show, but Ken from the ATL, we don't know where Ken is. Yeah, uh, but we'll be back next week, man. Thank you all for listening. Uh, call in next time. Check out our fan page. You on it, Coach? I'm here, baby. All right, we out. I'll see you next week, man. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.